This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sharp got it in the corner. He's trapped. I like it. No foul. But they find Juwan Roberts all alone at the other end. Terrific patience that time by Emmanuel Sharp. Did not panic. Here's Thomas for three. Time runs out on the Bearcats. Houston extends their win streak over Cincinnati to 10 games. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. ESPN on the call there for Houston's victory against Cincinnati last week. Houston, the number one seed right now in Lockatology as we head to Moron Island. That is Ken Barkley. I'm PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos. A reminder that you guys can watch us on Stadium. We are with you up until 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time over on Stadium. You can also continue listening and watching us on twitch.tv slash betql and youtube backslash odyssey sports you can listen to us for free over on the odyssey app we're also on sirius channel 160 and sirius xm 205 so ken before we had isaac on we were talking about houston a little bit they're in this region the eight nine matchup for them potentially it would be new mexico I guess my question for you because we both have the same thoughts on houston they're a good team the metrics love them they're great defensively, but it just feels like it's kind of the same old Houston team. Like, is there something you would need to see out of them the final, like, three, four weeks of the season as we heading into the tournament for you to kind of change your opinion to where they go from a team that maybe with the right draw, the right path you would have going to the final four to where maybe you would pick them to win it all? Yeah, that's a. it's such a good question because, like, there, you, you would almost think like, well, there has to be something they could do that would, like, how, why would you not want to change it? Like, I, I'm willing to change my mind about basically anything. How could there not be something? And I just think the problem here, it's not going to be the same as with Purdue, but it's related is just price versus like my subjective probability for these teams that have these like kind of uh, hangups where it's like the coach and the history. And it's just like, it's tough. It's not that they can't win. It's just like, would you ever bet it with them being like the, you know, eight to one or nine to like, would you ever bet somebody at such a low price that you're just really unsure of? And, uh, and Houston's going to be a tougher call for me than Purdue. So when we do UConn, I'll kind of make this more apparent. Uh, There are very few teams right now that I would bet to win the national title period. Um, You at some point, (laughs) depending on like the hour that you catch me, the answer is either one UConn and no one else. Or it's like three or four, and I have to kind of really twist my brain into a pretzel to be like, well, I guess 
I could bet that team, or I guess I could bet that team. Houston, Purdue out, never. Uh, Houston, I can is kind of in that second group where it's like, yeah, it, it again. This is this is like Purdue. It all looks fine. It all looks on a sheet of paper. It looks great. It always looks great with Houston on a sheet of paper. And then my theory on Houston is. I think really, really, really good teams, like title winning team, not teams that make the final four or the championship game or whatever, the teams that win six, like those teams, they basically like, there are three ways you lose an NCAA tournament game for the most part. NCAA tournament's pretty straightforward. It's a three point variance competition. And like, there are three ways that you lose. The other team gets white hot, you go ice cold or both. Like that's how you lose tournament games. and. When you have the third one happen where they're crushing and you can't make anything, no one wins games like that. Nobody. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are. Like, if the other team's shooting 50% and you're one for a billion, like, you you usually just can't get out of a game like that. It's just the way it goes. That doesn't happen very often. And it doesn't happen to very good teams very often, but it does happen. And my concern with Houston is always... They also lose the first two games all the time. They lose games where like they're fine and the other team just shoots better or they're ice cold, but the other team's not that good. Like they they lose those games too. Like I just, it's just really tough. Like they're just not a good shooting team ever. And that's their big thing. So like that never comes through over 40 regular season games in your record or like your effort level where their effort level is always a hundred and everybody else's effort level might be a hundred or it might be less, but they're always a hundred. That's like the best, that's the best thing you can say about them. They try hard all the time, but like in the tournament, everybody does. And so like when you find a team like it and you, you're never really sure what game it's going to be. I would say it's very rare. Like, I wouldn't expect Houston to ever lose to a bad team. I would never expect that to happen. And if it did, I would Mm -hmm. be absolutely astonished. But I do expect them to lose in the middle of the tournament every time. Because at some point, they're going to run into some team that does A, B, or C, and Houston's going to lose. And like, you to compare them to UConn or previous title winning teams, like going back, those teams can have a team shoot well from three against them and they find a way to win anyway because they're so damn good at offense. It doesn't matter. And they create really good shots and they defend at a high level. They do everything so they can absorb a really good three point shooting game from a competitor or they can be ice cold and manufacture offense anyway. Both happen. You probably just lose. It just doesn't happen that often to a really good team. But like Houston can't even have the first two happen. They don't shoot well enough. Like they just can't overcome it. It's like they're just they're handicapped in this way as a team, and it makes them really unappealing. It just it really does. So like, look statistically, people that follow my work, it's like, well, historically, how do they compare? Yeah, like if they won, it would make perfect historical sense. Uh, I may end up with some small position on them at some point. I'm definitely not ruling it out. Purdue, I am ruling out. Houston, I'm not ruling out. But like. Again, listen to that. And people and I people will say, this will be my last point. And PJ, I'm curious your thoughts on Houston too. People will be like, well, what do you mean? Like they made the final four. Like, you know, Matt Painter's never made a final four before. Like, you know, that's the whole thing with Rick Barnes. And like, you know, I was like in diapers the last time they made the final four. Basically, it just, it's you know, you know, what, why do you dislike them so much? I would just remind people that the year that they made the final four, this is not revisionist history. This is just math. The year that they made the final four, They made the final four with a path of playing a 15 seed, a 10 seed, an 11 seed, and a 12 seed. Those are the four games that they won. 
And then they got trucked by Baylor because everybody's going to get trucked by Baylor because they were the best team in the country that year. But like, mm -hmm. what about those four wins makes you think that this team's going to win the national, not be good. They'll, they'll win games. They'll win two, three, four, whatever. Win six and win the title. What about that run would tell you that this is like a very likely thing to happen? It would actually tell me the opposite. They were probably very fortunate with the draw that they got when they did win four games. And the other years when they're really good, they didn't win four games and they got tripped up by somebody. And like, maybe that's really unfair, but like you're trying to find the winner. I think it's okay to be unfair sometimes when you're looking at teams that are really good, but maybe not winners. Houston's really good. I'm not sure they're a winner. And to your point too, that you were talking about earlier, where you say teams have to get better if they want to win the tournament. Like, I don't know if this year's Houston seems better than last year's, right? You know, like you can make that argument with UConn. Sure. I guess you can maybe make this year's case with Houston, but I mean, I think Sasser's better than, you know, LJ Cryer, even though LJ Cryer is a great player, obviously sheds back. They do have some returning players on that team. I thought that Houston team last year, though, was really good. And then I look at their last two tournament exits to Miami last year, Villanova the year before. They struggle, like you said, in those kind of middle rounds. You know what they shot in that game? 16. You know what they shot for three in that game, by the way? I against think, Miami? I think I remember this. No, against uh, against Villanova in the game that you referenced. Oh, it was uh, I remember it was terrible. I think they shot one for 30 from three. I think that was actually what they shot. I think they shot one for 30. Whoops. That's another thing. Ken, that's another thing too. Their offense is designed to a certain point of like the offensive glass, right? Like Samson knows yeah. they're going to miss shots. So like that's that's what one they rely 20. on. One for 20. One for 20. I got the one right. I said I gave too many misses. That's, that's my fault. Yeah. One for I, 20. Who am I thinking they shoot 33s in a game? It's like impossible, but yeah. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying, Ken. And, again, like, the teams that we have here in Locketology in this region, like, the teams that can score, like, th this would be terrible for them. The 8-9 game against Florida New Mexico. Oh, then you get Illinois, the number four seed. Oh, then you get Bama, the number three seed. And you get North Carolina, the two seed. Like, I, I mean, you're talking about some of the best offensive teams in the country. So, I agree. It wouldn't shock me if Houston won the national championship. I'm not going to bet them to do so because I just still have questions that this year's team can win a shootout, and I don't think they'll be able to do that. So they're the one seed. Florida, New Mexico, the 8-9. Gators favored by a point. We have Clemson favored by 5.5 over Appalachian State. Just keep in mind, if Appalachian State is on the 12th seed in the tournament this year, they did beat Auburn in the non-conference. And, oh, by the way, they're in the same league as James Madison, who kind of caught the college basketball world by storm in the Sun Belt. People thought they would be a surefire tournament team. App State has overtaken them, so they're a very good team. Then we have Illinois, the four seed, 10.5-point favorites over Yale. Ken, I know we both have thoughts on the Illini. I'll start by just saying that I really don't like the Big Ten in the tournament, like at all, <laughs> right. other than Michigan well, State. One right? of the worst. I think they've been the worst conference in the tournament the last five years or something like that, like versus Doesn't expectation. I think they've been yeah. brutal. Yeah, I totally agree. Doesn't shock me at all. I will say, though, I got a chance to watch Illinois in person against Maryland on Saturday. They really impressed me. We just had Isaac Trotter on. He was talking about them, how good they were offensively. What I love about Illinois, Ken, their four best players are all seniors. Terrence Shannon Jr., Marcus Domas, Coleman Hawkins, Quincy Gurrier. I love that. I also like the fact that in that game against the Terps, Maryland must have cut the game to like one possession eight or nine different times. Illinois never allowed them to take the lead, never allowed them to tie the game. They had an answer for it every time. We know the tournament is all about guard play. 
you're not going to find a better one-two punch in college basketball than Terrence Shannon Jr. and Marcus Domas. Like, it's really good. Shannon averages 20 points a game. He's so good in transition. When he gets the ball on the fast break, he's either getting fouled or he's making the basket. One of two things is happening. And I think Domas is going to be the entire key. To me, he's one of the most underrated players in the sport. I think he is really good. And like all these teams, Ken, that go far, right? You need your superstar, and then you kind of need like your sidekick, right? Like, and obviously I'm not comparing like Terrence Shannon Jr. to Kemba Walker, but I'm going to say in the context of like Shannon's Kemba, he's the superstar, and then Domas can kind of be like the Jeremy Lamb, right? Like he's the guy hitting the big shots. At the end of the game against Maryland, like Domas was the guy who had the ball in his hands. He was the closer, and they make free throws. They can shoot the three well. Um, my one question with Illinois is that they at times can struggle to defend the paint. They don't really have like a true solid center that can just control the glass for them is kind of like a rim protector. And obviously Underwood in the tournament can scare you. And we mentioned a couple segments ago, like that Desumu and Coburn team that were really, really good, lost to Loyola Chicago. I know that's going to scare a lot of people off, but I'm with, I, I just, this Illinois team with their, with their veteran experience how good their guard play is the way that they can score and if they get the right draw and I think they would be like a good matchup for Houston like the kind of team that could upset a kind of Houston so obviously the draw will be key for Illinois Yale would be a tough 413 matchup for them but uh that that would be a potential team that I watch I I do like Illinois this year I uh yeah I won't bury the lead I agree with you and uh the way I would describe the Illini is uh, I don't think they're a winner, and I don't really think they're ever a winner, but I think they're in the next tier of, like, if you advance them to win the region, maybe make the final. That's kind of weird. It just depends on, like, who wins the other region, I guess. But, like, to win four games and be confident that this team could win four games, they would they would be on a short list for me of teams that I would be really interested in to accomplish that. And so that'll depend on where they get drawn in, how well do they play down the stretch, and what does their seed end up being, how does the market feel about them, like, if they get white hot the cat's out of the bag, then you're probably not betting them to win the region anymore. If they stay like this, this four five won't be a top two or three pick in the region to win odds wise. Then I, I think they're really, really interesting. And uh, on a sheet of paper, they look interesting. When you watch them, I think they're pretty interesting. Jake would you know watch them more than anybody. I think he would probably agree with that. I, the, the other thing I want to do real quick is it, I think there's, there might be an idea of like, Oh, well, like the, you know, you said the big 10, like they've been a disaster in the tournament. And so I think people might have a tendency to group teams like Purdue and Illinois together in terms of mm -hmm. like failure in the tournament recently. I would be, uh, I would disagree with that really, really strongly. And I would just say like context and detail matters. So like Purdue loses a 16, like loses to Fairleigh Dickinson. They lose to North Texas. Like they lose, like it's just, they lose to St. Peter's in the second weekend of the tournament. Like I think we, and I'm, I'm saying these names like, der like with like derogatory, like I don't, Arkansas, I just, just to emphasize like, yeah. like think about it. Like really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. forever ago, there was a double overtime game to Little Rock and Chris Beard. Like, it's just like, those are unconscionable losses. Okay. Illini, who have they lost to the last three years in the tournament? In an 8-9, they lose to Eric Musselman, who's like been one of the great tournament coaches of the last back-to-back -back regional finals, wins a ton of tournament games. Like, yeah, like would have been great to win. That's not a bad loss. Like Arkansas went on to beat a one seed after that. Like that's pretty good. They lost to a crazy underseeded Houston. 
Like this is the start of the Houston run. Houston's a five or a four and they played in the four or five second round game. Like, is that a bad loss? They lost to Loyola Chicago, who was like the eighth best team in the tournament. They were just an eight, nine game. Like these are very explainable losses. These, none of those are bad. None of those are like, oh my God, how did you lose? The Loyola one hurts because you're a one seed, you're a favorite in the game. A lot of people like Loyola in that game. Like you look at those three and you look at Painter's stuff. I mean, it's a different sports almost. I mean, it's like not even close to the difference in competition. So like I'm way more willing to give the Illini a pass on those games than to get Purdue a pass or some of these other teams. Yeah, it's a really, really good point because I think a lot of people do kind of group the Big Ten teams together. But to your point, not all tournament losses are created equal. We'll go through the bottom half of the Moron Island region here (laughs) on You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley. 